before we get started, I want to go over a few things that we have coming up here on this podcasting platform. I'm Jack, by the way. I've been hosting All Pacers Pod since the very beginning, which, if I remember right, was the end of 2019. So, what we're coming up on three years now. Kind of insane. But I wanted to talk real quick about the new look of this podcast, how everything's changing, what you can expect going forward. So, if you haven't noticed already, the podcast logo is different. We're actually branching out into a podcast network. It's going to be called All Indie Sports. This has been in the works for way too long, but we're finally making it happen. We're taking steps in the right direction. What this means is All Pacers Pod is still going to be happening every week. You'll still get the Pacers content that you've loved from the beginning. The only difference is we're adding new podcasts to this platform. So like I said, we're branching out into All Indie Sports. You'll still get the weekly All Pacers Pod content that we've been pumping out from the beginning but now Sal who's been co-hosting the all pacers pod with me for a while now he's going to start his own podcast called the playbook with his buddy Mark the playbook is going to cover the NBA as a whole there's 30 teams on the all pacers pod we just cover our beloved pacers but if you're like me and you've been yearning for some more NBA content then the playbook hosted by Sal and Mark is the right podcast for you We're also going to be adding a few more podcasts to this feed here soon in the near future. I'm not going to give too much of it away. I want to wait until we start getting that content ready. But just be ready because it's going to be a ton of fun. And without further ado, let's get into this episode. You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him. Hey, welcome to the All Pacers Pod, a podcast for Pacers fans, by Pacers fans. I'm your host, Jack, and today I'm joined by Sal. Sal, how's it going, man? Fantastic. How are you? Doing good. We just finished the Pacers Orlando Magic game we're recording on Wednesday March 2nd the Pacers pulled off a surprise victory over the Orlando Magic and Sal I don't even have to ask I know you're bummed but walk me through how you're feeling exactly so at one point in this game I believe we were down something like 20 points Um, I expected us to come out losing Uh, I think that's the goal for the rest of the games this season and I think coach Carlisle knows that but uh, we ended up coming back, uh, tying it at the end of the fourth quarter, going into overtime, and uh, I guess just outplaying them. Malcolm Brogdon has his best game that you could argue of the season uh, with um, 31 points. I have to check the rest of the stats. But 31 points. A near triple-double. Yeah, near triple-double, 31, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals. On good efficiency, too. Someone needs to sit him down and tell him we are tanking or just sit him down, period. Sit him down, don't let him play. We have a few guys like that we should sit the rest of the year. We're going to get into that when we start talking about some of these game recaps. But, Sal, let's go ahead and talk about some news. And, man, I got to tell you, this is one of our most mediocre news segments that we've ever done. I'd say it's middle of the pack. I don't know how you feel about it, but let's just jump on in. And this is not one of the more mediocre news segments we're going to or news stories that I'm going to read this is a wild one it blew both of our minds when we talked about it before but apparently Malcolm Brogdon is 
looking into playing for the Polish national team. Immediate thoughts, Sal. What, what are they? Well, I have some Polish heritage in my family, so um, maybe that would be interesting to see Brogdon playing for something, a team that's kind of related to me a little bit. I didn't know that. So does that change how you feel about Brogdon as a pacer long-term? No. I still think he can leave in the offseason, and I would not um, be offended by that. But if we want to compete next year, he he's looking like a complimentary piece beside Halliburton. I don't mind the fit. Uh, Chris is clearly kind of... I think Pacers are probably going to be cautious with Chris this season, let him rest a little more. Um, and he's not starting anymore, so yeah. So That's my thoughts. if Malcolm Brogdon does play for the Polish national team, he will join a few Polish players that you may have heard of, but I only know one of these guys, and that's Marcin Gortat. And you yeah. know what? Malcolm Brogdon could, if he just decides to play a game with the Polish national team, he could go down historically as the greatest Polish basketball player of all time, at least talent-wise, right? I guess so. So it could, it could be a good move for him. The whole reason he is going to join the team potentially is his wife is Polish. She still has family living in Poland. I don't exactly know how the rules work as far as FIBA international, like who, who you can play for. I know like in international football or soccer, if either of your parents were born in a country, like let's say my one of my parents was born in Barbados and the other one was born in Canada, then since I was born in USA, I could play for USA, Canada, or Barbados. I don't understand how this makes sense for Brogdon playing for – uh, Poland, but I I guess he figured something out. So hey, more power to him, and I mean it'd be it'd be fun to see him compete at least at the international level. I think it's never gonna happen, but <laughs> I think I I'd like you to explain more about this whole situation of the story. As far as how he can play, so he just wants to play for the Polish team because his wife, as you said, yeah, she's Polish. And that, like, that was a gen. When, where did he say this? This was reported from. Well, I found it on Hoops Hype. I don't know exactly who first came out with it. I, I know the story is probably still like we're still waiting on some details because it literally just came out thirty minutes ago. Um. So I mean, this could be. We could be talking about this way too soon. Who knows? Maybe this isn't a thing tomorrow. But I really felt that it was worth mentioning. And shout out. Malcolm Brogdon for doing something wild that no one expected him to do. <coughs> Let's move on to, and this is what you just told me, Oladipo is making his return here soon for the Miami Heat. And I don't actually know if he's ever played a game for the Miami Heat, but apparently he's coming back at their next homestand. What, what do you know about that? So Oladipo, uh, he's played a few games for the Miami Heat uh, right after he got traded from the Rockets, and then he re-injured himself. It's a right quadriceps injury, uh, so that's been holding him out for basically what feels like a season and maybe two. I'm very familiar but, with that quadriceps injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, Oladipo, we don't really know how his role in the Miami Heat offense and how that kind of correlates with all the guard play that they already have. But, I mean, I'd still like to see Oladipo play. 
uh, because we haven't seen him in a long time. He was once a Pacers love player, not really anymore. But yes, it's a long time coming for this uh, debut that we've been looking for. He went down in 2019 when he ruptured his quad for the Pacers against, was it Cleveland? Gosh, I can't even remember the game anymore, but, oh no, Raptors. Yeah, Um, Raptors. And, yeah, so 2019, that was three years ago. It's insane that he still isn't, you know, like in shape with that quad. So, I mean, this we could have seen the end of Oladipo, honestly, at this point. I obviously am hoping nothing but the best for him. I've forgiven him in my heart. It didn't stop me from changing my Oladipo jersey into a Halliburton jersey the other day um, using electrical tape. But I still wish nothing but the best for him. Um, and hopefully we can see him at least get back to a partial level that he was at before. Have you forgiven him, Sal? I think so. It's hard Not to too confident. Not too confident in that answer. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Rick Carlisle in a press conference just said that he loves the Brogdon-Halliburton pairing. This does seem like a basic thing. Like It might not be worth talking about just on the surface, but if you really read into this, and Sal, you know I'm going to really read into this. There's a lot of things that can be said from what Carlisle is saying here. First of all, as we all know, Brogdon is a free agent, or I mean is on the trade market after this season. It would appear the Pacers are at least going to explore options to move Malcolm Brogdon. However, when I see this coming out, that Carlisle loves the Brogdon-Halliburton pairing, the first thing I think of is, does this mean Buddy Heald's going to be the one on the move? I don't know. I actually broke down my trade tier list for the Pacers, and I could see why you would rather trade Buddy Heald than Brogdon. But to me, it seems like Carlisle obviously is liking Brogdon with Halliburton better, and there's a ton of benefits that come with those two on the court together, especially defensively and as far as creation goes too, man. You there, you got to love that pairing. But, I mean, look, Buddy Heald could be on the way out now, officially because of this, and the Duarte thing going forward, who knows, maybe – He's not part of the near future for the Pacers, at least in the starting lineup like I initially hoped for when we got Halliburton. What are your thoughts when you hear Carlisle say the Brogdon-Halliburton pairing is something that he really loves? I personally don't think it really means anything. I mean, he he can like them. I mean, I don't discredit him for saying that he likes the pairing because he can, but before the season started, he says he loved the Turbonus pairing. And he wanted it to work out, and he thought it, he could wor- it could work out. And uh, clearly, we saw him back down on his word there. I mean, the only reason I think that Brogdon could stay for a year or two more is because he did say that he was um, okay with rebuilding, and he was interested in staying in Indiana amongst the things that are going on. I got to say, after this Orlando game, I don't think... And I cannot be convinced that Brogdon is interested in rebuilding. But I guess you can't tell him to not go out there and give it his all. So I guess it doesn't really mean much there. But, yeah, I I guess at least when I rem- when he was talking about how much he loved the Turbonus pairing and he wanted to see that work, 
I think that made sense as like a new coach coming in. You don't want to start alienating some of your players, especially a team that has shown in the past with the roster that we had at the beginning of the year that, you know, this team was able to at least make it to the playoffs and potentially make some noise in the playoffs. Obviously, we've had injuries, so we haven't seen what this team beginning of this year was fully capable of. But just looking at the, you know, the the trail of work from Turner and Sabonis together, it never made sense. I'm not even an NBA coach. I'm not even a YMCA coach. I could watch those two play together and tell you this isn't how the NBA should be played right now. There's no space on the court for drives, and they're basically counting, like, taking each other's opportunities away as far as, you know, like, Miles Turner spaces the floor. It lets the bonus create on the inside, but defensively it made no sense. Offensively, like I said, it was just clogging the inside of the floor, and Miles Turner wasn't really that good of a three-point shooter towards the end um, of that pairing anyway, so... That's a little-known thing that people don't talk about, but it's the truth. And when I hear Carlisle say that he liked those two together, what I think is he was just saying that because he's a new coach and he doesn't want to shake things up yet. To me, this one's completely different. The Brogdon and Halliburton pairing going forward is, to me, look, we already know Brogdon at least – there's been a few moments recently I know where you you might question if he's a high-character player. But from, you know, he's our team captain. He is a voice in that locker room and on the court, the coach on the court, which is really important to a coach like Rick Carlisle. When we hired him at the beginning of the season, we saw the reports come out, how hard he is on his players. But Brogdon at least appears to be a high character guy. Coaches love him. The team loves him. He could be our point guard for at least the time being maybe a couple more years, right? I don't really consider Malcolm a point guard. I think that's what Tyrese is. I don't mind Malcolm at shooting guard because I think that's what he was accustomed to in Milwaukee. That's where he played his best basketball last year when, or maybe it was this year, but I know it last year there was a couple points where we did play Malcolm at the shooting guard and his contributions to winning and his individual stats were a lot better when he was ran at the two. So, I mean, he's 29, right? Right. So, ideally, I want to get another youngish guy maybe around. Uh, maybe it's a rookie that we draft, or maybe it's a guy that's like 24 or 25, but something that we can grow that player with around Halliburton, and maybe that's Duarte. That's maybe that's Duarte. But um, I mean, I hope it is. I I really hope. I really hope they give Duarte the chance to do that. They have similar skills. Um, Brogdon Mm -hmm. has more experience and more reps in the NBA. But yeah, very similar skills. Both can play high level defense. Duarte's probably better, but Brogdon, his drive and kick and creation game on the drive, is better at this point than Duarte. Um, scoring, they can both do that well from outside the arc and inside. So, yeah, there are a lot of similarities there, but as far as, like, who helps Halliburton's development going forward, I mean, that could be Brogdon. And, look, we probably don't need to talk about this anymore because at the end of the day, this may not be that important, but it is worth noting that Carlisle did come out and say that. I think at the very least, 
this is showing that Buddy Hield is going to be available in a trade in the offseason. I think anyone's available except for Jackson, Chris, and Tyrese. Interesting. I think only one of those guys is unavailable. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But let's do a quick recap on where the Pacers are in the draft lottery standings. As of now, since we just beat the Orlando Magic, we're sitting at 22-42. and That gives us the sixth draft pick odds, best odds, to get the what the first pick. So as of now, we got the sixth pick in the draft. Sal, let me pull up the standings real quick. So that means we are ahead of the Detroit Pistons, the Orlando Magic, who in our season series, they are beating us 2-1. to one. We are also ahead of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets. So actually, we're fifth. Did I do that math wrong? Yeah, we're f- we have the fifth best odds. With the Kings hot on our tail. So if – look, Sabonis could be a spy for us. Your your buddy, Justin Holiday could be a spy for us over there in Sacramento. Maybe they'll they'll get us some wins, help us out with our draft odds. But do you see this changing at all? Are, do, you, do you think we're going to stick at that fifth spot? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm looking at the standings right now, and – I think that the Kings are, I think we're pretty safe at the fifth spot. I don't think there's any way we can fall out of the fifth worst team in the NBA. Um, catching OKC is going to be tough. We're like three games behind them, right? So, yeah. I think we just finish off the season at five. I don't think anything changes, honestly, because I think Sacramento, they're trying really hard to get wins and. Um, they're also three games back from us as well, I think. Right, so. and I'm, I'm going to ask you that same question next time we do this podcast, and we'll probably still be at fifth, but it's always going to be worth talking about because, you know, when you watch some of these teams that we're ahead of, you know, like, I really do think we could pass the Thunder. They have some young pieces that want to win, and they're very similar to the Pacers in that way. We probably have superior talent, especially with our guys getting back healthy. You know, we're 3-2 and two in the past five games. That's, you know, not a great indicator of a bottom five team in the NBA. So I, I don't know. Like when you look at the Rockets, their last 10 games, they're 0 and 10, you know. So when you really are trying to get that like higher draft pick, winning three out of five is is never a good thing. So let's move on now, Sal, to let me pull up our rundown. Let, let's move on to the – let's just talk about the Pacers now. I'm, I'm going to do the trade tier list, but I, let's just talk about the current state of the Pacers. What's changed for you as a fan? What are you excited for? What are you looking forward to with this Pacers roster? And kind of expectations going forward because we've seen some young guys really step up and a couple young guys that I know you love. And has your opinion of this – core change going forward like what are your thoughts um so we have our franchise cornerstone in Tyrese Halliburton that hopefully we don't give him false hope again with trusting a franchise but um I mean I think that's the only thing that we really need to keep safe on this team um I'm excited to see the dynamic duo of Miles Turner and Halliburton uh I think that Miles can unlock a lot of potential, and this is the biggest chance he's been given in his career coming up next season. So he better show that he was 
the right pick in trading uh, in trading Sabonis. I mean, we wouldn't have Halliburton, but anyways, he was the big man to keep. That's what I'm trying to say. And um, I like all of our surrounding pieces with O'Shea, who's been very good except for the last two games. Uh, who else we have? Jackson, of course. Um, Jalen Smith has been very good for us, walking double-double. And I'm, I, I'm not too invested in watching every Pacers game anymore because I'm hoping that we try and lose every game. Um, but watching them is entertaining, to say the least. So if I miss a game because I have something going on, it's not like, oh, man, I'm missing a Pacers game because we're not trying to win right now. So, um, But it is fun basketball. When I do watch, which is probably one in every two games or something like that, it's entertaining. And an entertaining loss is what I'm looking for in every single game now. Yeah, no doubt. So the Isaiah Jackson uh, bandwagon that you've been driving this whole time is getting filled up. Jalen Smith, like you said, is looking like I, I don't even know. Like I can't believe the Suns didn't find him time on the floor with the way he's been playing. I mean, at least give him reps, right? If you knew he had any talent like he clearly does, like how how are you not finding a use for him on the floor? Blows my mind. So Jalen Smith's been awesome to watch. I am curious to see if the Pacers can figure out a way to pick up his team option that I don't exactly know how all that's going to work out it looks like he may not be a pacer next season just based on how like all the reports that are coming out sound if we end up trading a couple of our higher salary guys for significantly less contracts then yeah maybe we can re-sign Jalen Smith to that I think 4.7 million is his team option but, yeah, Jalen Smith's been awesome. I, I think we figured out a way to keep him. Um, and Halliburton's, you know, a, you said it to me before. He's a 20.8 assist guy every single night. And, like, even his off nights, it seems like he's walking away with that. At least those stats are similar to that. So, ton of hope. I, I feel, at least as far as Miles Turner, that if we do need to trade him because – you know, people are offering us a really good package for him, then at least we have Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith going forward to fill those minutes if, you know, if we get Jalen Smith to return. And at least, I mean, as far as, like, salary goes, too, for those two, it's significantly less than what Miles Turner's making. And I know, like, they don't have the same reps and experience as Miles Turner does, but at least, you know, give them those reps with Halliburton, and that could be really from what we've seen from those guys. I mean, that could be our core going forward, you know? Plus Lance. Yes. Well, the issue is with Jalen is it's not a money issue because we're $20 million under the cap in this offseason, I think. Okay. So it's just some weird rule with how the Suns declined his option and they didn't extend him or something like that. So that makes him an unrestricted free agent. Is that what it is? Okay. Why would And then it locks that? and then it locks our money because technically we're in the Suns position now. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Which I hate. Like he could have been like a guy for us. A borderline all-star maybe when all said and done. Cuz he was a top 10 pick. Yeah, so we do need to bench him the rest of the year. Don't let anyone see how good he is. 
Because do you want to know stats right now for the Indiana Pacers? I have it pulled up right it's here. It's probably like 10 and 10 or something. So it's uh, 13 and 7. I, I'm not including the Orlando Magic stats from today because it's not on basketball, basketball reference yet. But 13 and 7, and he's shooting uh, 46 from 3, 56%. Yeah, that's the ridiculous. The three-point, he was a 21% three-point shooter when he came to Indiana, I think. I mean, his career three-point percentage is 31%, which is bad. Or it was 31, that's what it was. But, but for Phoenix this year, it was 23. Yeah, um, that, that's what I was looking at. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, well, wait. In 2020 and 2021, that season, uh, it was 24%. The next season for Phoenix, which is this year, it was 23.1%. And now for the Pacers, it's 46.4%. I don't know how good of a three-point shooter he is. He may regress to the mean sooner rather than later. But, look, if he's a at least 40% three-point shooter, then, man, this dude's going to get some money this offseason. Um, his per 36 is what blows me away though. He's averaging per in per 36 minutes, 20 points, 11 rebounds. And obviously like the shooting percentage is still the same, but two assists. So 20 points, 11 rebounds, two assists for Jalen Smith per 36. Insane. Um, So yeah, I mean, this team's going to be a ton of fun going forward and hopefully we can figure out a way to keep him. But I mean, if we at least, you know, get Halliburton Jackson, and Duarte going forward, like that's a really nice core and competes with some of the young cores in the NBA, some of the best young cores in the NBA going forward. Um, let's talk about the NBA trade, or sorry, the Pacers tier. I, I don't even know what to call this. I, okay, so I have it called the Pacers trade value chart, but I, I ranked them in tiers, and I named the tiers. Okay. If you hate the names of them, let me know. This is, you know – I want to bounce ideas off of you. This this is one of those lists that I just feel like I want to get right, you know? So All right. as far as the tiers go, I have six tiers. It could be multiple guys in a tier. It could be one guy in a tier. I left some guys off because they aren't under contract next season, but I included two guys because they could be sign-and-trade eligible if they get a three- to four-year deal by the Pacers and then get traded. Does that? I know there's a lot of rules that go into the sign and trade, but the big one is if a team wants to, you know, sign. Like I'll just say, so T.J. Warren, I have him on here. He's not under contract next season, but if the Pacers sign him to a three to four year deal as part of a trade and then send him away, it's possible. And I could see him getting that type of deal but I can't see Lance Stevenson getting that type of deal. So I left Lance off this list since he's not under contract for next season yet. Um, he will be. He will, he will be. be. He will be. He should get a lifetime deal. He can play as long as he wants. So let's start with tier one. This is called the untouchable tier. I know you, you listed three guys earlier. I'm just, I'm just going to list one guy, and that's Tyrese Halliburton. I'm going to read his contract too. So he's 22 years old. He's making four million this year, four point two next, and five point eight the year after that. Amazing deal for your franchise uh, centerpiece going forward, or you said cornerstone going forward. I love that, and I believe that he is the only untouchable player on this Pacers roster. Before this trade, 
I would have had nobody in this tier because I I didn't even hold Demonis Sabonis at this uh, high of an esteem on this Pacers roster. Any quarrels with this uh, untouchable tier? Um, the only reason I said that there could be two or three players on that li- on the untouchable category is because they are rookie players making no money, uh, and they're not going to get moved within three years. Um, yes, but yeah, it's a good thing. The cornerstone in Tyrese is going to be a strong one. I love it. And look, you get your cornerstones who are just great scorers and, you know, maybe can play a little defense. The, the awesome part about this cornerstone is he gets his teammates involved and plays great defense and can score from anywhere on the court. This guy's going to be awesome going forward. Obviously, we've talked about him so much, so that's all I'm going to say. Let's move on to tier two. This is the good contract value but ex- or and exceptional talent. So I have three guys on this list. And... I'm going to start, this is, I guess I'll go in order. So I'm going to start with Miles Turner. I have him as the second highest trade value on this Pacers roster right now. The big component of this is he's 25 and he's making 18 million this year, but it's a flat base contract. So he's also making 18 million the year after that. So that means that next season, if we were to trade him, he's first of all, an expiring deal could be open to a contract extension, but you know, could be that piece that moves your, contending team to that next step and maybe even winning that championship so I have him as the good contract value exceptional talent number one guy in my tier two next I have Buddy Heald and I'm only including him because he's been playing great for the Pacers first of all he's 29 but his contract is a reverse kind of deal so he's making 22 this year 20 the year after that and then he's only making 18.5 that final season I think, obviously, there's been a lot of trade chatter with Buddy Heald, at least from contenders. You know, like the Lakers have regretted getting Russell Westbrook, who asked for a trade today um, in the offseason or said he's he wants to be traded this offseason. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but, yeah, Buddy Heald, ton of trade value, looks like, in this offseason. And, it, you know, based on what I said with the Rick Carlisle quotes a few days ago, he may be on the move. Who knows? So I have him... Next, and then finally, I have Chris Duarte. Great contract, obviously. He's on his rookie deal. Exceptional talent. A little injury prone, it seems, but has all the talent. He's 24, um, but making 3.7, 3.9, and then two team options after that up to 5.8. Any problem with that, too? That's all I have for that one. Am I missing anybody yet? No. Nice. Agreement. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, I guess you haven't heard all of my tiers either because they're not all bad. So my next tier is tier three. This is the exceptional talent with an injury history plus injury prone player. Obviously, the first guy on this list is Malcolm Brogdon. You never know what he's going to be hurt with. Plus, mm-hmm. he's 29 and he's locked in for the next three seasons, not just this season, but three seasons after that. He'll be, I don't know exactly when he turns 30, but 30, 31, 32. He'll be at least 32, making $23.3 million. I don't know if that's going to be a problem in the future. To me, looking at it right now, it seems like a lot of money to a guy that potentially could be hurt 
beyond repair at that point. You know what I mean? So I think if you want to win now and you need that last piece, Brockton could be your guy. But is he going to miss 30 games throughout the year and potentially part of the playoffs? Definitely. <laughs> He's definitely <laughs> that's definitely going to be yeah. the case. Yeah. Brogdon on tier three. And any problem with that? I have two more names on this too, but any problem with Brogdon there? No, sir. So this next one's TJ Warren. I don't exactly know what's going on with his injury. Um, I, I don't think we're hearing all the facts. I wish I could just sit him down and talk to him. He probably still wouldn't tell me. But he's a sign-and-trade uh, eligible player this offseason. I had to include him on this because he's an exceptional talent with that injury history. So he's making – I can't believe it. Dude, I wish he was playing. He's only making $12.6 million this year. And that's that's barely any money for a player of his talent. I cannot believe – like, if we had him on this roster, this team would be so freaking good. But, yeah, TJ Warren is on this list. He's 28 now, 28 years old. And then I also included Ricky Rubio. I feel weird about this one because I know he has that torn ACL. But really solid uh, guard off the bench for the Cavaliers this year. Actually, a really... Elite guard off the bench. Elite guard off the bench. Yeah, I'm glad you agree with me here because I thought he was exceptional, which is why I included him on my exceptional talent list. Will he be as good as he was before the ACL injury? Probably not, but at least having a veteran guy who can come in and run your second unit offense or maybe even be your starting point guard on a team that's spending a ton of money on your three big stars. Ricky Rubio could be that guy. So could he, I'm even talking myself out of it just about to say this, but could he get that three-year deal and be traded in the offseason by the Pacers? Maybe. But I I've, keep on forgetting that he's on the team. I don't even I keep I like he's never on the team in my head. I think he's still on the Cavaliers in my head. But I mean, um I don't think there's any chance he re-signs with us just to get traded. I think that he's already gone. I don't even think he's spoken to like any of the team except for maybe the coach. <laughs> I think cuz he's in Spain right now. Right. I mean, can you imagine living in Spain plus getting paid 17.8 million to rehab? It's crazy. That's what T.J. Warren does. T.J. Warren's just robbing the Pacers right now. T.J. Warren's um, more of a thief than Monte Ellis has been. He'll give us something back, though. He'll 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 either re-sign and get traded, and or he'll play with us for a decent smaller deal. I don't think we're gonna see T.J. Warren as a Pacer again. Uh, Let's move on to tier number four. This is young guys ready to take the next step. I'm really pandering to you with this one, Sal, because these are. Three of your favorite NBA players, dare I say, of all time. Oh, no. No, no, that's not true. No, well, I said dare I say. I didn't definitively say. So let's all start right. with number one. This is your boy, Isaiah Jackson. Obviously, we've seen flashes from him. I don't want to wear my Goga goggles. <laughs> oh, please don't. Also, should we patent Goga goggles. <laughs> I like that name, actually. I was kind of surprised a, you just said that. That's a great name. I, we might have to reach out to Goga, see what he thinks. I don't know what that would be. If you wear these goggles, do you miss uh, every shot under the basket layups? <laughs> or every <laughs> shot? It's do like you, you could brand them as like drunk goggles. You know those like <laughs> drunk goggle things? It's like you can like put them on when you're playing basketball and you just can't do anything. Yes. I love it. So... The only also I I know you included some of these guys on your untouchable 
three when you said it earlier. I'm if I'm the Pacers, I have to at least consider the fact that what happened to Goga, where we saw flashes from him at the beginning, like should we have traded him that first year? Yeah, one hundred percent we should have in hindsight. We had no idea at the time. But could we, you know, with a twenty year old Isaiah Jackson get way more value for him now as a twenty year old than we could in two years and maybe he's not as good in two years? I don't know. So I, I can't include these guys on my untouchable list as, you know, big men who, you know, are easily injured more than those smaller guys who aren't banging with the bigs down low on a nightly basis. So I know I'm hurting your feelings. I can even see you when I'm saying this stuff. I'm sorry, man. But Isaiah Jackson's first, very friendly deal salary-wise, um, making 2.4 this year, 2.5 the next, 2.6 the year after that, if we pick up the option, which I would bet we do, and then 4.4 in his fourth and final year. That's an amazing deal for someone like Isaiah Jackson. I also have Jalen Smith here. I put him here before I totally put together that we – don't have the rights to him after this season so he may have to get bumped off this list but I have him here and then finally I have O'Shea Brissett who's 23 at the moment and has a I think we signed him with a mid-level exception I'm not sure if it's guaranteed but only going to be making 1.8 million next year and you know if you're listening to this podcast right now you know how much we love O'Shea Brissett so I had to include him on this young guys ready to take the next step I think if you ha- if you're trading Buddy Heald or Miles Turner in the offseason, including one of these three guys, could get you a legit guy to pair with Tyrese Halliburton going forward. I don't think you're trading Miles um, Turner or Buddy Heald. I think you're trading Miles. Uh, you're not trading Miles. I think you're trading TJ Warren or Buddy Heald. All right, I love it. Miles Turner is safe for, I think, until his contract's up. Miles Turner is the modern-day Jeff Foster. You heard it here first. He never leaves the team, and he puts up okay stats. That's all I got to say about that. Let's move on to Tier 5. Role player with trade-friendly deals. I I don't know why I said deals. It's a trade-friendly deal because there's only one guy on this list, and that's TJ McConnell. I couldn't put him at the bottom because I love TJ McConnell. He's the GOAT. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Probably not. So he's 29 at the moment. He signed for this year plus three more. So at the end of his deal, he's making $9.3 million and he's going to be 32 years old. Plus, is he injury prone? I don't know. I don't think he is. Might be. Maybe. It's one bad one. The only reason I included him here is if you package, like if you're trying to move Buddy Heald. And he's yeah, he's a good million. contract. He's a good contract to move with maybe a younger player if you yeah. want to trade him. Yeah, with a younger player or like Buddy Heald, you could get like with that $8 million plus the $20 million that Buddy Heald's making, then maybe you could get close to s- trading for a max guy, a disgruntled max player. I don't know. I just think there's some good value there. Um, plus throw in Isaiah Jackson. You got yourself a superstar trade package right there. Um, but yeah, so I included TJ McConnell here. I don't know if he should be here or if I should have just left tier five empty, put him in tier below, but I'm just going to put him here. I don't love that final year of his deal though. And then this brings us to our last and final tier. And I can't believe I'm completely off the Goga bandwagon, but I've stepped both feet off. The nail in the coffin was probably a while back. 
I don't even know what happened, but today against the Orlando Magic, goggle-wearing Wendell Carter Jr., who plays outside the three-point line at this point in his career, which I think it's only like his third year, bodied Goga Batadze in the paint, bumped him out of the way, and then posterized him. I don't know. I mean, from everything that I've said about Goga that – or everything that anybody said about Goga, all the bad, at least he can protect the paint, you know, and – I don't agree with that anymore. I don't think he can protect the paint like I thought he could. So I'm putting him on my tier six, and I'm titling this one. Maybe we can get a second-round pick for him. So I included two guys on this list. That's Goga Patadze, who's 22 right now, set to make $4.7 million next season, which we've already picked up that money for him. Uh, it would be really nice if we could use that on Jalen Smith, but that's not how it works. And I've also included your boy Kiefer Sykes, we love Kiefer Sykes, but he's 28, and next year we'll be making a non-guaranteed amount of $1.5 I don't know if we'll pick it up, but if we do, maybe we can get a second-round pick for Kiefer Sykes. I don't know. We'll see. So that's my list. I Like I said, I left some guys off like Lance, Dwayne Washington, Terry Taylor. I think we could see Dwayne Washington and Terry Taylor back, plus we'll probably see Lance back in a Pacers uniform. Yeah, yeah. agree with all three of those. But for now, yeah, for now, I I can't put them on this list because we don't have them signed for the future. So any problems with this list? What what are your initial thoughts when you heard all of this stuff? Well, I'm wondering why Tristan Thompson isn't in your untouchables. But, uh, oh, sorry, I forgot he plays for the Chicago Bulls. Tristan Thompson, man. Yeah. He's legend. He should have been a cornerstone piece for us. He was. I don't, I don't know what changed. From everything I heard, sixteen the, points, eleven rebounds, something like that, and then he got a sixteen and eight. And then they just cut him. That's yeah. disrespectful. <laughs> you know, the from everything I heard, the Sabonis trade was to get uh, Tristan Thompson. The yeah, Tyrese Halliburton part of it was just an extra sweetener. I, I was watching. Believe- um, I was watching the JJ Redick podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking with Tyrese Halliburton which I recommend. It's it's a good watch. But he was talking with Tyrese about the Pacers trade and all that, and uh, they were both laughing at the fact that Tristan Thompson posted a farewell for his 72 hours in Indiana and not for the Kings. And I don't think he did for the Celtics either, which they were laughing about. It was pretty funny. Yeah, and you know Kings fans and Celtics fans are mad about that. Celtics fans are pretty much mad about anything. They get butthurt about yeah. nothing. So, uh, yeah, shout out Tristan Thompson. You always have a place in our hearts as Pacer fans because, I mean, honestly, just because he said goodbye. <laughs> he didn't even owe us that. So I'm always going to be grateful. Sal, let's move on. Let's talk about some of these games. I know you've been dying to talk about it. We're going to go the past five. I was going to go the past six, but we have a rule here on the All Pacers pod, and that is if Sal is on the show, we don't talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. So we're going to start with the Washington Wizards taking on the Indiana Pacers on February 16th. Pacers won this one, 113-108. to 108. Sal, what do you have to say from this game? This was the one before the break, right? Correct. Oh, so I guess we may have already talked about this. Let's uh, Pacers won. All right, let's move on to February 25th. I just wanted to make OKC, the OKC, right? Yeah, so the Oklahoma City okay, Thunder game. So this was a Buddy Heald game. 
um, we lost. I think was this in overtime? Uh, yeah, this was. We yeah, lost this one in overtime. We I remember watching it. Um, buddy, yeah, buddy shot a game-winning potential three. He misses it. Rebound, Bosch back out to Allen, who's Lance Stevenson, and then Lance drains the three. And I was like, "Oh wow, Lance! Awesome, epic moment!" But we didn't want to win. Well, we didn't end up winning, but um, Buddy Heald had a pretty good game. Twenty-nine, seven, and five. I mean, that's pretty, pretty good. Like he's upping his trade value every single time he plays for us. Yeah, no doubt. Plus that contract, man. Like this dude's just ready to play. Uh, you gotta really kind of laugh at the fact that. Gosh, I hate saying laugh, but Terry Taylor, the shooting guard, but G League rebounding extraordinaire. Gets 18 minutes in this one, and Goga gets one. Um, <laughs> at this point, you have to think the Pacers organization, at least the front office, Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan, are like, "What do we do with Goga?" <laughs> like, there's, you know, Carlisle's just ready to bench him the rest of the way. I I don't know if the Pacers even know how to handle this situation. So, shout out uh, shooting guard Terry Taylor getting big man minutes over Goga Patadze, and. Uh, is there a bigger Terry Taylor fan in the world than Sal? I don't know. Sal, is the, do you think you're the biggest Terry Taylor fan at this point? I don't know if you can consider me a ter- Terry Taylor fan, but I probably am the biggest Terry Taylor fan in my country. <laughs> I think that's a little thing that I can celebrate, right? All right, I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great chance, right? Um, I would say you're the biggest O'Shea Brissett fan. Oh, he's no. Good. O'Shea's too Canadian for me. There's At probably guys that have been following O'Shea since he's been in, like, high school or something. Okay, well, then maybe you're the biggest O'Shea Brissett fan if you lived in the States. You're more Maybe I am in my city. Maybe I am in my city. Maybe, maybe. I, I wouldn't have ever guessed O'Shea Brissett was, like, a guy people would know in Canada. Well, he's Canadian. So yeah, I get that. I think that makes him valid, I think. Yeah, so he, he ended this one with 10 points and 15 rebounds. We we say it every episode. O'Shea Brissett, he actually we don't ever say this, but he has the sauce. We just gotta let him go to work. And when I we love do, I love him. You oh. you have to love him, man. It's just it's crazy. The way he plays is so fun. He's having fun when he plays too. Which exactly. Is that's that's the best part. I I just want someone in the Pacers to come out and say, O'Shea Brissett is in our core going forward. That's that's all I need because we we know it should be the truth. Let's just make it happen at this point. But yeah, this was the Buddy Healed game, um, and I didn't know he was this good to be honest. So it's all it's always nice to see him go uh, put on a performance like this. But we did lose in overtime after the Lance Stevenson late game heroics, and uh, good for us because the Thunder finished this one nineteen and forty one, and we finished this one twenty and forty one. There was hope. But we didn't realize we were about to go on a 3-1 and one win streak. So let's go on to the next one, which is against the Boston Celtics. This was on February 27th. Sal, what are your thoughts on this one? Tyrese Halliburton, ladies and gentlemen. Tyrese and O'Shea. Oh, man. O'Shea, no-look three-pointer. Um, O'Shea had like 27 or something, six threes, which is his career high. Um, Jalen Smith shows that he is – going to be a great glue guy, maybe more 
for us down the line. Or for another uh, team. Yeah, or for another team. Uh, but we beat the, the on-fire Celtics that were 9-1 and one in their last 10 games at that point. We didn't just um, beat them. We whooped them. Man, Celtics fans were so salty. Like, holy. Like, I was reading some of their comments and, like, dang, they were mad. But Tyrese had 22, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals. Special. He's special. He's a special player. We had four guys score 20-plus points, which was Halliburton, Brissett, Brockton, and Buddy Heald. Yeah. Just all-around great effort. We have to mention him because he played against us in this one. That's Keelan Martin. Was this Brogdon's debut, though? Uh, yeah, it was. Well, I mean, I think that's worth mentioning after a while. Yeah, it's okay. Do you really want me to mention Brogdon before Keelan Martin, though? No, I don't. Yeah, we got to talk about Keelan Martin here. So, per or his advanced box score, his box plus minus, which is an estimate of the points per one hundred hundred possessions a player contributed above a league average player. His box plus minus was a staggering minus 35. Um, He played two minutes and 54 seconds. Shot 0 for 2 from the field. And you know he wanted to put up some stats in this one. So I I feel for him. I I was never the biggest Keelan Martin fan. I was probably the biggest Keelan Martin fan. I liked him. You and many other Pacer fans. And it blows my mind. He was not a good That was my boy. That was my boy. Well, okay. You know, he hit the threes. He'd stick the tongue out. Bang, yeah, that, bang. I remember that one game. <laughs> In those beautiful blue pinstripe Pacers jerseys. Oh, that's my favorite Pacers jersey in a long time. Okay, so that's why that's why you <laughs> like Keelan Martin. <laughs> well, he also just looks good in all the photos that they take of him, too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a photogenic player. Yeah, he's a photogenic player. <laughs> That's why you like him. All right, all right, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Keelan Martin played this one, but let's talk about Malcolm Brogdon because you really wanted to. He had 20 points in this one, five assists, six rebounds, two steals. Really loves when the Pacers win when the Pacers shouldn't win. So, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, you need to take a break. We don't want you to get hurt again with whatever <laughs> whatever else you haven't hurt yet. Sit for the rest of the season, okay? Yeah, please. You and Jalen Smith. Yeah. Let's move on to the next game. Oh, I don't even know if we said the Pacers won against the Celtics by 21 points. Crazy. Yeah, we said dominate. We said whooped them. That's yeah, being really give they a final score though. Literally whooped the streaking Celtics, and the Pacers are the fifth worst team in the NBA right now. Next game is against the dreaded Orlando Magic. This was on February 28th, not a leap day. Sal, what is your take on this one? We outtanked them, plain and simple. Um, Tyrese, 23, five and seven, two steals. It's basically the same stat line he gives us every game. Beautiful stat line, by the way. Um, yeah, I didn't even watch this game. I knew that it was going to be a battle of two teams that wanted to lose. So didn't really have my interest at all. And same with the one that we just played against the Magic today because we had a doubleheader. So. The, the truth is when TJ Leaf left the NBA, the opening, the vacancy for worst player in the NBA – became a hotly contested position and yes Keelan Martin did put on a great effort to get that spot but I gotta say I think the worst player in the NBA is Iggy Brazdakis for the Orlando Magic yes I've never liked the dude especially from his big 10 days but look only played three minutes and 52 seconds and I just you you just know you know you know when you see the worst player in the NBA 
you know, I watched him for what three or four seasons for the Pacers. I think it's Iggy Brasdakis, but let's talk about the Pacers too. Like you said, Halliburton went off. It's nice to see Halliburton put up these stats and give us hope in a losing effort. Um, he looked great. O'Shea Brissett had his comeback to earth game in this one, and we, we, you know, we we got some longer glimpses at some of our young guys that we may resign going forward, like Dwayne Washington, Terry Taylor. Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson. So good game for the Pacers, at least going forward as far as scouting um, and seeing what our guys have. Plus, we lost to the Orlando Magic, and you love to see it from this Pacers team. Let's move on to our game today. I don't even know if we can get the full stats for this right now. Do you do you have the stats from this game in front of you? Um, I have the leading score. That's all I have. Okay, like well, the best player is Brogdon. I, I, I have some stats. I don't have the basketball reference deep dive stats yet, but we won this game in overtime, 122 to 114. You said it, Brogdon, and we already talked about this. He was the leading scorer in this one. Put up a near triple-double with 31 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and we were down in this game significantly, and you know what? We fought back which is cool to see some resiliency from this Pacers team, but it's not what we want. My big takeaway is, well, I guess not really my big takeaway. I just, I can't believe Goga's getting minutes right now for the Pacers. That was so bad. We already talked three about minutes, it. three minutes this time too many. And it like, <laughs> wasn't like just the end of the game minutes. It was just like, here's your random three minutes in the flow of the game. Let's shake it up a little bit. Maybe it'll throw some people off their game a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. Goga with those three minutes and got postered and bodied by someone smaller than him. But, yeah, I mean, Jalen Smith, I didn't even know he played this well, but 15 points and 15 rebounds. Like, uh, what's that? What would you even call that? A double 15? Double 15? Yeah, double 15. <laughs> I think it's just a double-double. I guess a double double. I was just trying to think of a cool name for it. A cool name. You know the Jamal Tinsley five by five. We'll call it the Jalen Smith double fifteen. Now <laughs> we should reserve fifteen that by for, fifteen. Yeah, not a fifteen by fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how that would work, but yeah, Pacers won this one. That's all I want to talk about it. Look, it's I don't even know. I think at this point we're pretty much locked in where we're at in the standings and. Unless Brogdon just carries the team, puts him on her, on his back the rest of the way. He'll injure his back if he does that, though. <laughs> or his thumb or something weird. That's unrelated. <laughs> his sore back. His sore back. He's I hope he cane. doesn't get offended by us making fun of his injuries. I hope he needs he, a cane. He, he might, man. He's already 29. Can you believe it? He's an old man. Um. Oh, wait, is he 29? Yeah, he's 29. Yeah, yeah, he's 29. Real quick, do you know the oldest player on this Pacers roster? It is Lance Stevenson. Yeah, it is. Yep. You, yeah. I guess you saw that from the All Pacers story. No, I just I just knew that. Oh, okay. I knew he's our vet. He knew I knew he was our vet before it was Justin Holiday. That's right. Yeah, Lance Stevenson, the eldest player on this Pacers team, um, and the funnest Pacers player on this team. Still. Well, I mean, like energy wise, you see the Still. video of him and Buddy Heald on the plane. I haven't seen oh, it was yet. hilarious. Buddy Heel posted a video of him, Lance, rapping one of his songs. I can't say the name of the song because I'm not the skin color that can say that word. But, um, yeah, it was so funny. 
Like they're in the plane all like like yelling the lyrics was so funny. No, I haven't seen that. I love it. I think I put it on the old Pacers story. I can send it to you. You need to use some of his music as the background for your game recaps. I don't even All know right. if you can find it. <laughs> no, he has, a few, he has a couple songs with Lonzo. Oh, I didn't know that. That's hysterical. Okay. Swerve. That's a swerve and... Uh, something else. All right, I'll look it up. Something else, yeah. I'll look it up. Well, you have anything else you want to say today before we close this podcast? I guess we should look at some games ahead, but... I think that these think next good. games don't matter because we're going to stay at the fifth seed, and I'm, and I'm going to... I'm solidifying that. Unless first. the fifth seed is in fifth worst. Because now, in my perspective as a Pacers fan, the first seed is the worst team in the NBA. And the, and the best team is the 30th. Total paradigm shift. This is not normal for Pacers fans. Um, but it's like yeah, we can I say, like, oh, we finished as a top five seed in the NBA this year. Like That's how we can kind of yeah, bring mean, some positivity. Gonna... So uh, Friday we play the uh, Detroit Pistons. You oh, have to think no. we're going to win that game. I hope we don't. At least as far as I know, Brogdon's healthy. Who knows? We may hear that he has an injury here soon. But uh, the days of that seven-game losing streak are behind us. And it looks like we'll be winning some games here and there throughout. You know, like we have... One and two max. That's all I want. One and two is the max we should be winning. Ideally, it's like one and four, but... I think one and four is the goal. Yeah. So like we played Detroit twice, we played the Rockets once. Yeah, we have an easy schedule going down the rest of the season. Yeah, Kings, that'll be a crucial one. Please Whoa. let Sabonis destroy us. I hope. It's actually Indiana. I don't know. Shoot, man, I might Ooh, have to go. To oh, game. oh, I wish I could be there. Man. So you're going to Dang. the Raptors game March 26th, correct? Yes, I am. Wearing your brand new Tyrese Halliburton jersey that I have yet to get for you. Yep, it's gonna happen. It's I gonna pray, happen, man. Yeah, we're we're going to Indy for you. I, I still don't know how the Raptors fans thing work. I I honestly, I think they have fans right now. I know March fifteenth at least. That's when they lift restrictions like completely in my city, and I'm assuming I think Toronto did it before my city. So, hey, do um, you remember when? By the way, you remember when Toronto was cheering for KD when he tore his Achilles? Yeah, I know it was. It was so ugh. not a good look. I can't. Man. I can't be a Raptors fan. I'm glad you're a Pacers fan. I can't fan. do it. If if there's anything that's ever gonna be close is wherever Sabonis is, and right now that's the Kings. So, and you never want to be a Kings fan. That just I don't. Miserable. I actually I I watched the first two games and I haven't watched the game since. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, All they right, have well, that. We- they have the West Coast timing. It's like always at like midnight, and I don't want to watch a Kings game at midnight. You know, <laughs> you're a busy guy. You got things to do. I got so many things to do. I'd rather make like Keelan Martin edits or something. That's a waste of your time. Goga. <laughs> That's. I bet you could put together a pretty cool highlight reel of Goga plays. But blocking LeBron, block LeBron, block Re- LeBron, hit some threes, yell at yell at a coach. Um, I mean, you could make a fun one, like all that attitude. Yeah. The thing you won't see in it is for, you know, for every great highlight he has, he has nine <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think you could put together a pretty good one for Keelan Martin though. Nah, I don't think so. 
Anyway, Manuel, if it sounded like I called you Manuel, that's not your name. Manuel. <laughs> anyway, Manuel. Anyway, Sal, you have a podcast that is coming out. It probably is out at this point on our podcast feed. It's happening. We probably talked about it at the beginning of this episode, too. I, I don't know how it all worked. We haven't edited it yet. But you got a podcast out with your buddy Mark, and you guys are covering the NBA. We Give me, like, your quick elevator pitch of why this podcast needs to be listened to by all indie sports and NBA fans. Well, to start off, this is the perfect recap for all basketball within the of the week. You know, you're getting all these top storylines. We talked about Zion and CJ McCollum. We talked about Kemba Walker. We talked about um, a couple Jokic quotes from the All-Star game. Just some, like, stuff that is important in the NBA now. And if you don't watch NBA games uh, and you only watch Pacers games and you don't really follow any other accounts that would kind of give you this information, it's a perfect place to go every week, about an hour of... uh, talking about the NBA and tying it into some Pacer stuff occasionally. Yeah, we'll come up with the consistent date that you guys will drop it, and we're still working through how all that's going to work. But you got a podcast out now, man. So, well, it might be out by the time that I'm talking about this. But it's called The Playbook, and I got to tell you, man, from what I've heard so far from it, at least in the editing room, I'm excited. I think you guys have what it takes. Mark, your buddy, is a Houston Rockets fan, and – you know he's a real fan because he's sticking with the Houston Rockets through the bad times. And anytime somebody's a fan of a team that's going through the struggle, I respect them as a fan. And like you said, if you are just watching Pacers basketball and you want to know what else is going on in the NBA, like Sal and Mark are watching these games. You guys live and breathe basketball. This podcast is for Let Sal do the work for you. What? Like, don't don't take time out of your busy schedule to go watch the NBA. Sal's going to tell you everything you need to know. And, look, you can go into your workplace, your school, and just spit the truth about the NBA because Sal's going to be supplying you with it. And Mark. Sorry, shout out yes, Mark. Yes, and Mark, yeah. Very knowledgeable. I, I didn't know he was going to know so much about the NBA. So I, He knows more than me, I think. I think he knows more than me. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You're pretty. You're pretty. Cool I have some more outlandish guys. takes. We had some. I had some Pacers commentary that I was talking about the young guys. I got a little excited, and uh, he had to slow me down a little bit. So, but he look. He might not pretty watch funny. as much. He doesn't watch as much Pacers basketball as you. You know, like does he? Does he know how good Isaiah Jackson is? Probably not. Right. He didn't. He didn't. He wasn't on the train with me when I was talking about him. So, come on, man. He needs to jump on. Welcome back to the All Pacers podcast. As many of you may know, I'm Sal, but this time I'm joined with Ricky of Talking Hoops on TikTok. How are you doing today, Ricky? I'm doing great, Sal. How about you? Doing great. So um, I'm joined with a TikTok, uh, a big TikTok NBA uh, guy of about two and a half thousand followers, uh, I believe. And uh, he covers all the different topics in the NBA, different headlines, different stories. And uh, he also happens to be a Pacers fan. So I thought be an interesting uh, segment to start us off today. Um, I'm just going to ask you uh, when going through your uh, TikTok page, you can see that you wear the same Pacers hoodie every single video. And I did do my research <laughs> and I looked at uh, even at the first video and there is no misses. With the, 
with the Pacers hoodie. So uh, is there any reason to why that started? Well, I, I wanted to do the whole NBA page for the longest time. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not really going to talk about the Pacers all that much because the NBA, you know, there's 30 teams. Like I, I want to cover as much as I can. But at the same time, you got to show love to your favorite team. So I thought, well, I got this hoodie, right? Yeah, that an Oladipo jersey. And my arms aren't big enough to actually look good in a basketball jersey. So I thought the hoodie would be just fine. And I just thought, oh, I'll just keep it as like a running joke, I guess. Yeah, it's a great uh, thing. Um, I see there's sometimes there's some comments about the Pacers hoodie. And uh, I mean, it's a great, well, uh, the, a great the, little the amount gig. Of comments, the amount of comments I get about people saying I should wash, I should wash the hoodie is just ridiculous, man. <laughs> Like I, I kind of just wanted to make a video of just me throwing it in the in the in the laundry just because I mean I watched this thing right I, like people don't believe it but I do. So since you are a Pacers fan, um, what made you fall in love with uh, Pacers basketball? Paul George, Paul George. That's a, that's an easy one. Um, I basically got into basketball at, halfway into the thirteen fourteen season, so about almost a decade from now. And how I actually started liking basketball and the Pacers is like the most it's the most random story, right? But basically, I was watching this one YouTuber. His name was like AA9Skills. And a lot of people called him like a, a knockoff of Chris Smooth. So I was like, okay, well, let's see what this whole Chris Smooth guy is about. And he does like uh, these my careers for the NBA. And I, I really liked the 2K storyline of it too. So I thought that was really cool. So I was like, okay, sure, I'll watch this stuff. And then I kind of just learned more about basketball through there. And then he, he started talking a lot about Paul George and like how the Pacers were a good team that year because they were there, the one seed. And I, I remember like the YouTube algorithm, they must've heard something because like a Paul George highlight was like the very first thing on my inbox there. So I, I just click on it. And then it was like this really nice behind the back play against the Lakers that led to a dunk. And I was like, okay, this basketball thing is pretty damn cool. So from there, that's when I started liking basketball. That's why I started liking the Pacers and I like Paul George. So would you say that's one of your favorite Pacers memories or is there another core memory that comes with being a Pacers oh, fan? There's plenty of core memories, but that's, that, that's like the very first one, though. And it's not even that big of a highlight play. Like, I'm sure if I tried searching it up, I probably wouldn't even find it. But, like, it wasn't that big, but it was definitely my biggest core memory I have there. But just to throw some throw out some other ones, I'd probably say uh, Paul George dunking on uh, Birdman. I feel like that's like a no-brainer right there. And then uh, Miles Turner blocked on LeBron James. I remember that pretty well as well. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, former Pacers players from, I guess you said, 2013, 2014 uh, that you'd like to shout out? That I'd like to shout out? Uh, Jan Mahimi. Shout out to Jan Mahimi. The guy was a beast on the boards, And he actually had a nice-ass playoff run with the uh, – he had a good playoff run with us when we, placed, uh, when we played the Wizards, I think it was, uh, mm -hmm. or the Raptors. But he had a really great series, I remember. And then shout out George Hill. I really like George Hill on that team. I thought he was a, a really good point guard for the team at that time. Yeah, big Indiana guy. Um, yeah, there's nothing not to love about George Hill. Um, so us both being Canadian um, Pacers fans, um, you're from Alberta, correct? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so uh, me being from Manitoba, uh, there's not a lot of Pacers fans in uh, my city or province, really. I'm really the only person that I know that likes the Pacers. <laughs> So, um, a lot of people ask me why I wasn't a Raptors fan. And, uh, personally, uh, my story with liking the Pacers has to do with, um, a game called NBA live mobile. Um, 
and me finding oh, out oh, about yeah, I'm Sabonis. Yeah, um, I pulled a Sabonis card Sabonis. in NBA Live Mobile when he was like a six man in the NBA and like in real life. Oh, okay. And uh, I was just drawn to him and I uh, started researching the team, uh, researching players, and I found out that I really do enjoy uh, Pacers basketball. And um, along with that, within the same year, I think I uh, talked with Reggie Miller on live stream. So that was kind of my story. Wow. But uh, wow. yeah, I'm interested as to what yours is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like I kind of mentioned there with the whole becoming a basketball fan thing there. Uh, but being a Pacers fan in Canada, man, it's rough. Everyone just looks at you with the weirdest eye. I remember one time I was, I was going out for a walk. So I threw on this hoodie because it's just like a, a short walk with my dog. And someone honked at me and, and basically like he flipped me off and he said like the Pacers effing suck. I was like, where is this coming from? Like, first of all, I feel like Indiana is not even that big of a market to even garner that kind of attention. But like, it, it, you just stick out like a sore thumb when you're a Pacers fan in Canada. And when you told me that you, that you were uh, from Manitoba and a Pacers fan, I, I, my, my mind was blown. I mean, another Pacers fan in Canada, that's basically unheard of. I, I, I legitimately thought I was the only one. So shout out to having you here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, there's not a lot of Pacers fans, I don't think, in Canada. I'm going to see my first Pacers game in March in Toronto. So that's going to be interesting being the only person wearing the, the Actually, gold Actually, I'm going to be there, I think. Oh, I'm yeah? planning on going to the, on March uh, 24th, correct? Uh, it's 24th or 26th. Or 26th. Yeah, they play the Lakers oh, really? on the 24th. But the 26th, yeah, I, I, I was planning on going to that game. It just all depends with school and stuff if I have the time to. But mm-hmm. if I do, I'll absolutely go to that game and maybe we can meet up, of course. Yeah, for sure. That's actually, I didn't even know about that. Um, <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> but yeah, um, personally, I've met, uh, I've kind of found out about new Pacers fans due to the Tyrese trade. Uh, I have a friend that's a big Tyrese Halliburton fan. So now, of course, he's a Pacers fan. But uh, I mean, when I wear out my Pacers stuff, everyone really knows me as the only Pacers fan in my city. And uh when I wear the Pacers jerseys and stuff, I mean, people know that I'm a Pacers fan. So um, leading into this, uh, I was going to ask you about your all-time Pacers starting five. So who would you put at each position if you're making an all-time Pacers team? All right. All-time Pacers team. Uh, I think at my point guard, um, I feel like I'm missing someone really obvious, but I really want to go with Malcolm Brogdon. I love the way he plays the game of basketball. And I think, I feel like he's one of the most underrated point guards in the NBA. He's averaged like 25 and five on almost 50, 40, 90, like for the past couple of seasons, like he's a damn good hooper. So I honestly give me Malcolm Brogdon. I, am I missing anybody from, from a historical team? I you could like go Brogdon with Mark right Jackson. Here. You could go with Mark okay. Jackson. Yeah. Um, that, that's a good one. Depending if you want to put VO at point guard. Um, and then there's also uh, Vern Fleming or Freddie, Freddie something. I don't know, but they're way too old. So yeah, you know, give uh, me I Malcolm think, Brogdon. Yeah, that's a good pick. Give me Malcolm Brogdon. And then at the two, I'm um, thinking how I should play this. Okay, I think I got it though. Unless if I'm missing anybody, but I think I might go with Oladipo at the two, Paul George, or sorry, Reggie Miller at the three, Paul George at the at the four, and then at the five, I'm I'm kind of struggling between Jermaine O'Neal and Demontis Sabonis here. 
Well, what, I, I'm sure you would pick Sabonis, but like, you know, Jermaine O'Neal has the most uh, all-star appearances in Pacers history with six. So it, it's tough to choose here. Like, I could go to Sabonis with recency bias. I'll, I'll go Jermaine O'Neal. Give me Jermaine O'Neal to end up my starting five. Yeah, personally, mine is, uh, I think I have Victor Oladipo at the point guard, Reggie at the mm. shooting guard, Paul George at the small forward, Jermaine at the power forward, and Sabonis at the center. You know what? I think I like yours better. I think I like yours better. I was yeah. trying to go with the traditional positions. I wanted a point guard, but Oladipo can't play the point guard. You're right. So, it, honestly, I think yours is the right one. That, that, that seems pretty spot on. Well, I think Oladipo will be running the point guard for the Heat, at least off the bench this year when he comes back, which I think is, he should. should be soon. It should be in a few weeks. I hope so. I really want to see him play again. I kind mm-hmm. of miss seeing him play. And I think he'll be really good. I mean, he was pretty good at Houston, too, right before uh, right before he uh, got traded to the Miami Heat. Yeah, he was having a little bit of a, uh, a streak there. Um, and, I mean, Malcolm Brogdon's also a uh, natural two-guard as well. So, I mean, he's been kind of forced into the point guard role when he came to Indiana, I believe. Um, well, personally, he's been I think pretty damn good. Yeah, I know. I think he plays a lot better at the two. That's why I'm excited to see what him and Tyrese look like. Uh, mm. which should be Friday because Malcolm is coming back on Friday. Oh, really? Yes, he is. I thought he was still uh, questionable. That's great to hear, actually, because I'm really excited to see that backcourt as well. And also the prospect of uh, Tyrese and Chris Duarte as a backcourt. I think that has a really nice scoring punch along with some playmaking. But Malcolm Brogdon and Tyrese Halliburton, I kind of see Malcolm Brogdon kind of like the same way I see Tyrese Halliburton. It's just like they're good on and off the ball. Their movement's good off the ball. They can, they're can they great catching shooters. And on the ball, they're really good. They can set up uh, plays for the other teammates. And they can take off the pressure off one another as well. So it's not just heliocentric between one of them. For sure. I I'm really, really like the off-ball. The off-ball movement is going to be great on this team. I think so, yeah. Um, and then I can ask you, uh, what would your top five Pacers be not regarding positions? I mean, it okay. probably is going to be similar to what your list was, but... Let's just hear it in order, actually. In order? Yeah, okay. Put me on the spot here, but I'll, I'll try my best here. Give me Reggie Miller at the one. Like at, uh, First, give me Reggie yeah. Miller. I feel like that's kind of like a no-brainer. And then at number two, I think Paul George. Okay. When it comes to the talent, sure, he didn't accomplish maybe as much as Jermaine O'Neal did with the Pacers, but I think based off pure talent, Paul George is one of the most gifted players in basketball with his two-way ability. So give me Paul George at the two. And then at three, I'll go with Jermaine O'Neal. And then I guess I got to go with some historical guys because this is an all-time ranking. So at number four, I'll go with Rick Smith. I believe he's in the Hall of Fame, right? I think so. I want to say he is, but I, I I can't fully confirm that. But Rick Smith, and then at number five, uh, it's a a three-way tie between Sabonis, Oladipo, and Dallas Shrimp. Or maybe Mark Jackson, too. Um, I'll go Oladipo, though. I think his two-year run with us was – it actually brought some magic to the city or to the the franchise for basically since 2013-14. Yeah, I like like that. Mine significantly changed over the past while. Um, I know okay. my other co-host, uh, the main host of this uh, show, Jack, he doesn't have Paul George in his top five or top four. Wow. Because he does not like Paul George and the antics that he left us with. You know what? The way he left was pretty ugly. 
But I feel like, you know, we're in 2022 now. That was a good, like, five years ago. I'm over it. I'm over it. So I'll, I'll gladly put Paul George in my top five. Yeah, I have uh, Reggie, Jermaine, um, and then I want to say Paul George at three. And then I'll put Sabonis and Oladipo. Uh, I think I'll put Oladipo at four and Sabonis at five. And then I'd, I'd like to give a shout out to Lance Stevenson as well, because oh, shout I'd, out I'd rather Absolutely. put Lance in there over Rick Smith's personally, because this man just you know is what? the embodiment of Indiana. Like, it, it, it's funny, though, because literally he can only hoop in Indiana. Like, he's tried stints in Charlotte and, like, literally everywhere, but he just can't ever re- replicate that same magic that he's had in Indiana. And I love seeing it. Every time he, he plays with us, it's just a joy to watch. He's really exciting. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy watching him. Are you excited about the future of the new Pacers team, which you've already touched on a bit? But uh, And do you think anyone besides Tyrese is going to be part of our future core, uh, as in potential? Ooh. and who's on the team right now? That's a great question. I don't know where to start here, but I will answer the first part of the question. I am extremely happy for our team's future. I think our future looks amazing. And it's all, it all has to do with Tyrese Halliburton because we can go either ways here because as things stand right now, we can get Tyrese Halliburton for about seven years. So we can either, you know, kind of kick up the rebuild now and just, you know, kick our feet back, relax, and let the seven years play out, build a competent team, and maybe when hopefully, you know, compete for a title in those seven years. But with how good Tyrese Halliburton is now, we don't even have to rebuild. I feel like with some of the pieces we have now, we can maybe get some complementary players and, you know, or at least some better young players so that we can develop a lot quicker than as opposed to waiting out all seven years. But I think that the future of this team is at a really good pace. And I really like the young players we have. Like, of course, Tyrese Halliburton. And then Chris Duarte. Now, I know he's not the youngest of rookies, but, like, he has a really nice game to him. I like the way he can uh, create for himself. And for being a rookie, he hits some really difficult shots that I don't expect most rookies to even attempt. So I think him and Halliburton will be a really dynamic backcourt for the future. But at the same time, with uh, Chris Duarte being 24 years old, I'm not sure exactly what his future on this team is going to look like because his ceiling is, you know, maybe in a year or two from now, at least uh, because of his age. But I really hope that's not the case because I really like what I see from Chris Duarte. And then besides that, who else would stay on our team? Miles Turner, I'm not really convinced on Miles Turner being our center for the future. I kind of wish it was, I wish it was still Sabonis, but you know, of course we had to give him up, but we got Tyrese, so no complaints there. But I, I'm not sold on Miles Turner just yet as being our, our starting time. I'd love to see him and Tyrese and see how they how they run a two man game. But aside from that, I I think I really like what we're doing here. We got some flippable assets as two. Buddy Heald will probably be on the move. And then we got Jalen Smith too. That's a really underrated guy that we got there. I I really like that pickup, especially for Tory Craig. That was not much we had to give up there. But overall, um, yeah, I'm just extremely excited for the future of this team. And there's actually, like, hope again. Like, I, I can see the light now. And I haven't felt this way since probably the 2017-18 season when we gave LeBron a run for his money and going into game seven. But now, like, I, I see the light, man. I, I see it, Sal. We are actually going to be a good team in a couple of years. And it makes me excited that we're not going to be hovering in the plane anymore. So that's what I got to say. I'm just extremely excited. And I can't wait to see how this future plays out. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, Chris, uh, I think he has a good window with us. Maybe if we want to compete within the next, uh, I don't know, like five, six years. Um, 
I also, uh, there's a thing with Jalen Smith that we can't re-sign him unless he signs for, was it 4.9 million? That's the only way we, even if we're below 20, even if we have like $20 million to spend, we still can't re-sign him according to some, since the Suns didn't give him his like option or whatever, Mm, we traded for him. It's unless he wants to sign with us for a year for a cheaper deal than other teams would probably offer him. Unfortunately, I don't know if he's going to be on this team next year. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm, I actually didn't hear about that. That's, that's yeah. I feel like he, I feel like he probably resigned though, because Phoenix didn't really give him a chance at all. Like they didn't even play him in his rookie year. And then now they're not even accepting his, uh, his next offer. So, and they just let him walk basically to Indiana. So maybe Jalen Smith might see that as, oh, this team, they're taking a, a flyer with me or they're taking a chance on me when Phoenix didn't. So he might respect that and maybe he might stay. Yeah, but, I can see him signing for like about a year, um, seeing what his value is gauged after next season. Um, mm-hmm. Also another couple pieces that you didn't really touch on. Uh, I'm a big Isaiah Jackson guy. Uh, he's oh, also only 19. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, we were talking about moving Miles Turner and uh, Miles Turner is also only 25 so or 26. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's still really young compared to the rest of the NBA, like contending talent in terms of big men. So, I mean, Isaiah Jackson, of course, like even if he's like a bench center, a backup center uh, on a championship team, I think that's serviceable. I mean, he's only 19. And by the time we get to a chance of maybe competing for a title, he's going to be, I don't know, like 24 or 25. 23 i don't know but um yeah i mean we have still have pieces like brogdon who's under contract for this year at plus three more um tj warren i think he's gonna resign with us um just because he knows that um he's been injured for like 90 percent of his contract um yeah and i don't know if he has a lot of market value right now so maybe we get him for the cheap uh dollar and uh but I'm a little worried about what Buddy Heald's contract does to the, all that. Um, but in terms of young assets that aren't like TJ Warren, um, I mean, I'm very happy with what we've got right now. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's a shame I didn't mention Isaiah Jackson because I'm really high on him as well. Like, again, like you say, the 19-year-old, I think, was it his first game that he started that he got that 26-point double-double? I think that was his first career start, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, like he, he, he's a good player. And again, like you said, he's only 19. I, I like what I see from him now. I think he could be a, a good double-double threat as a center, and I think a really good role man as well. And I feel like Tyrese Halliburton could benefit a lot from a role man. So I think him and Isaiah Jackson's pick-and-roll game might be one to watch for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I've seen him shooting the three-ball confidently. He's hit on his 26-point mm-hmm. game. He had a three-pointer. as one for one. Um, so then – uh, can I ask you, what, what about Goga then? Where, where oh, does Goga stand? I was going to ask you about this too. Uh, <laughs> so Jack, the other co-host, uh, I mean, it's kind of a running joke now that he is a huge Goga stan, but uh, uh-huh. I do not like Goga. Dude's seven feet and has no skill. Um, it's just watching him. It's just, it gives me pain. Like there's times where put Jalen Smith in, put someone else in, like, Goga does not deserve a minute on this team. Like, send him somewhere else. Like, we have a front load of centers right now. Like, we have, when oh, yeah. we're healthy, we have Turner, Jalen, and um, Jackson, assuming Jackson can stay healthy. But, um, right. I mean, nothing against Goga personally, but, like, yeah. I mean, doesn't fit the team anymore. He's had a few seasons to do his thing, and he just hasn't shown us anything. So, 
I mean, it's time for him to go personally. Yeah, I think I think you nailed the mark with that. I'm not a huge Goga fan either. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. But there's like there's like those some games where you just see flashes. where are like, oh wow, Goga could actually be like at least a really good backup center, or you know what, he could be maybe a starter in this league someday. But then you keep saying that, and then a year passes, and then it's like, okay, it's the same Goga story. And then now at this point in his career, Goga's virtually the same player he was as a rookie. At least that's how I see it. Like he hasn't really developed much in the NBA, and like I don't know, I. I'm off the Goga hype train. I, I was pretty high on him as a rookie. I thought he had, you know, the intangibles to be a pretty decent NBA player, but it just hasn't panned out whatsoever. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see what we do with Goga. I really am. Yeah. I mean, even if we can get like a second round pick or something, just let him go top hoop somewhere else. Protected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Top 55 protected. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Shea Brissett is another guy we didn't mention. Canadian. Oh man. Oh, Canadian goat. Saw him live. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm big O'Shea fan, so uh, he's only like 22 or something. So yeah, he's he's, he's a he's also really young, cool yeah. yeah, um, I like him a lot. But uh, anyways, this has been a great interview. Uh, happy to have you on the podcast. Maybe in the future as well. Yeah, thanks again for having me, man. This is awesome. I've it, you you completed a dream of mine today. I've always wanted to be on a podcast, and here we are. So th- thanks for giving me that. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the All Pacers Pod. If you don't already, subscribe to All Indie Sports on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. That's how you can stay up to date with all of the content we will be creating throughout the weeks. And while you're subscribing to the podcast, if you love what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review. We're thankful to all of you for listening and supporting this podcast. All Pacers Pod quickly became the most popular Pacers podcast in the world, and I know that would not have been the case if it weren't for this community that we're a part of. So shout out to all of you who have been supporters. Also, here on the All Indie Sports podcasting channel, you can find The Playbook, which is Sal and Mark's first episode that they have run. They're covering all of the NBA. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning of this episode, but I just wanted to remind you right now, go download that, support them. They're just getting started, and I'm excited to see what that podcast can turn into. But until next time, I'm Jack with the All Pacers pod. Peace out. You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.